0: Ball spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man.
1: Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's
0: the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny cow with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Football, football, and more of football coming up. Jim Traber at 9.30. I'm sure he's got thoughts on what happened in Norman on Saturday as well as all across uh, the NFL yesterday. So we'll uh, hit him up at 9.30 and get Jim's thoughts on what happened over the weekend. College football, Oklahoma gets beaten by Kansas State again what is the secret that the Purple have over the Crimson and Cream? Talk about that, where Oklahoma goes from here, also the rest of the Big 12 uh, from Saturday and what's, uh, what, what to look ahead for uh, in the conference race to try to get down to Arlington and and maybe a team or two be in the, the discussion later on down the line uh, for the college football playoff. High school football from Friday. The Elks were off last week, but district play got started In most of the classifications across the state of Oklahoma, the Class B, they're still another week away before they at least be one anyhow, before they really get into uh, the district play coming up uh, next week. So uh, we'll tell you the results, what to look forward to this week. Uh, A big one right down the street here in Elk City with the Clinton Red Tornadoes coming to town uh, off a win against John Marshall. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, Sad to see the Pro Bowl go. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text, talk about any of that or whatever else is on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, stay in touch with us a couple of ways. Log on to KADSAM.com, download the app. The Paragon app is free, and it's got it all. Radio, uh, Penny News, Big Elk TV, Paragon TV, all of it right there at your fingertips and for free in the Paragon app. And, of course, if you miss our show entirely, you can go back and check it out, <clears throat> excuse me, online at kadsam.com, or you can download the Paragon Communications app. Good morning, Jared. How are you? Uh, a little stuffy. I don't know if something is like just out allergies? of nowhere. Allergies? I guess so. Yeah. I don't know if I got into something, or it was like Friday night, um, got back home, had a whole bunch of children at our house which we're not really used to <laughs> and i went and got some food just in case they wanted some snacks it was like something where i went i don't know if there's something in the air yeah i touched you know what i mean it's just like all of a sudden i was like whoo it, it was just like a faucet though man uh, I, it, it, yeah. it, I went from completely clear to like maybe i walked through a ragweed patch on the way inside the store or something <laughs> but it was wild how fast man, it happened
2: everything is just stirred up it feels like right now.
0: Yeah, and I didn't mow. Kind of hard to determine what it is. Yeah. Mowing does that to me. Sometimes, oh, absolutely. Me too. I didn't. I didn't do that. Should probably should have yesterday, but I didn't want yeah. to.
2: Yeah. I saw White on Saturday. Yeah. I saw him out there. Yeah. I said, "Hey, where's Aaron?" I, said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, Let me guess. He's probably golfing.
0: I was golfing. Yeah. I was playing golf so. on Saturday. It was beautiful. My gosh. It, it was. It was totally. I, I caught a bunch of flack later on that night watching the OU game for people that were listening to the radio about you know when we give the weather report from the national weather service <laughs> and luckily enough they were wrong because it never got up to 97 like no. it was supposed to the clouds kind of hung around and it was a gorgeous day it was on saturday
2: it was even the nice sprinkles we got kind of warm kind of right when you got warm enough then boom little little rain shower and cooled us off and and then uh the cycle repeated all day kind of little rain then yeah it was nice it really was. A little was, breeze wasn't horrible. A little breeze, it? and then it, it was Dude. like when the
0: sun would come out, it would get breezy, and then when it go back behind the clouds, yeah. it was it was a really gorgeous day. It was. Uh, Friday night. Let's go back to Friday night. Uh, start there with the high school football. Uh, district 4A1, of course, as I mentioned, the Elks were not in action uh, because of the the uneven district now after, after uh, Western Heights dropping out. So the three games that were on the dock at Clinton went to John Marshall. Struggled early, a slow start for the Red Tornadoes. Only seven nothing at halftime, but they win, uh, twenty nine to nothing. Uh, so Clinton starts out one and zero on the in the district season. Chickasaw and, and Weatherford. That was a back and forth score fest there for a while. And then in the second half, Chickasaw was the only one that put up points, forty two to twenty eight. The Chicks knock off the Weatherford Eagles, and then up in Woodward, Cash uh, took the long trip up to Woodward and win twenty eight. Uh, to 14 maybe you start to see a little bit of separation uh within some of that the middle ground and and who's going to be fighting for the playoff spots who who needs to to get a little bit better to be there but uh not surprised that those other two outside of clinton and john marshall were pretty competitive for a long for long stretches of those two games and i think probably the teams that we felt like were going to come out on top ended up at the end of the day coming out on top in those other two games
2: yeah yeah, that the the Clinton thing, seven nothing at half and and uh then they came out and romped it. That just shows you good coaching. They went in there and made adjustments and probably uh yelled a few at a few players and moved on. I kinda had it on just doing my thing and had it on the background. But the other uh results I don't think were too shocking. I think they kinda came out like you said, we expected them to be. And um it's amazing we get a clear picture after just one week of what this district can look like. And we'll get a clearer picture after Friday night, uh, with the big match looming here in town. So, uh, should be should be an interesting game. I'm, I had a couple people ask me, "What do you think's going to happen?" And I'm with you. It's like, well, Elk City has all the ability to win that game. They just got to forget who they're playing. <laughs> you know, and that happens to a lot of good teams. They see that C on the helmet, and then they they it just it's something about it that aura about it. What Clinton brings, so. Um, but that's a, we got a all week to talk about that. But I'm ex, I, I'm expecting a really good game uh, this time around here in town.
0: Yeah, I am too. Uh, so Elk City and Clinton is the the marquee matchup within the district. Chickasha will host John Marshall. Cash steps outside district play. They're clearly the ones that were supposed to play Western Heights this week, uh, as they they're going to play uh, Southeast uh, on the road in a non district game. And then Weatherford and Woodward uh, will play over in Weatherford. Uh, is the third. Uh, district game in four a one this week, so yeah, we got all time, all kinds of time to talk about the the game coming up here on Sat on a Friday night. Mass band, I mean that that place is going to be a zoo. <laughs> it's going to be a zoo on, we, on Friday night at Big Oak yeah. Stadium.
2: Glad we got reserve seats.
0: <laughs> yeah, nobody can take our chair. Well. You hope not, anyway. Oh, uh,
2: well, it's <laughs> the first time for everything. But, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a good time. I think the weather, we mentioned the weather, is going to yeah, be great. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, and you know it's going to be packed on both sides of the field. You know, Absolutely. Clinton's not far away, and um, this is a, a rivalry game, and it's gonna be going to be a fun time.
0: A one, Burns City remains undefeated as they go up to Texoma and win twenty to nothing. It's a good win. It, 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 that long road trip, you just we talk about it all the time, like going to Guyman or somewhere else. It's yeah. just it's hard to makes you worry. It's hard to do that, yeah. but they did twenty to nothing. Uh, so the Eagles are four uh, zero. Fairview continues to roll. Man, they just whipped Hooker fifty five to twelve. Moreland got Merritt thirty four to seven. Thomas ends up coming back. They started slow. Sayre had a two-score had a, a two score lead in that game early on over there in Sayre, but then Thomas just that. hit the gas, and the Eagles couldn't keep up. 44-24, Thomas beats Sayre. Uh, so this week in District A1, Burns Dill City will host Moreland. you got Fairview going to Thomas. Hooker will host Sayre, and then Merritt gets Texoma here for their homecoming. Um, you know, as we saw in, in 4A1, maybe a little separation here because – some of those games, Moreland-Merritt was similar records. Thomas-Sayer similar records in the non-district. You never know exactly who played who, you know. But similar records, and uh, the the schools a little bit further north were able to to knock off the teams down here on I forty.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um. So some, well, I didn't know what to make of that sayre Thomas matchup. I think we were talking off air about what has happened to Thomas. You know, a lot of people were picking Sayre in that game, and and um. But there's Thomas, They, you know, there's sometimes there's still a team that they're going to still be good, even when they're down, and Thomas could be that team. But, man, in Fairview, I'm overly impressed with them. They've always had a solid program, but this might be their year. It's looking like this. everything's lining up for them to be state title contenders.
0: Yeah, uh, we'd— they had a bunch of guys back, and we had gotten, or I got the, I got the tip right there. as just as soon as we made our Class A picks, unfortunately, <laughs> a little late because I had written them down, <laughs> yeah. and I wish I'd have got that text about thirty seconds earlier <laughs> from somebody that would know, yeah, uh, talking about it, that uh, he believes that Fairview is the best team in Class A and will win the Gold Ball. And so far, they have given zero to doubt that, uh, as they have just pounded people. Uh, 49-2 to against Hobart. They beat Chisholm 68-15, beat Alva 60-28, to and then Hooker, a team that's perennially perennially right there at the top of that district and making uh, playoff runs. And they beat them 55-12, to so uh, look out. That Week 9 matchup is looming large, at least right now, with uh, Burns Hill City going to Fairview in Week 9. That could be uh, for the district title by the yeah. time we get to that. Yeah. We're a long ways away, but that's kind of a little bit of a look ahead down in class b laverne shut out alec 48 nothing Uh, turpin continues to roll 52 to 6 over buffalo balco blanked forgan 50 to nothing hollis 46 to surreal for 46 to nothing Uh, you had okeen doing the same to beaver shattuck beat central marlow 58 to 22 Uh, those guys still aren't in district play just because they don't have very many guys you know the the teams there's only six teams in the district so they'll play uh the last what five uh, five weeks i guess um starting next week is when that district really gets cranked up uh, just over and over with the district game so we're still (laughs) just everybody's kind of playing teams from around uh, but it does look like there's five teams for four spots in that district with beaver uh, struggling at 0 and 5 but everybody else laverne turpin balco forgan hollis uh, and shattuck between the between those, those teams, there's only two losses combined huh. between those uh, those other five teams. So that's uh, it's going to be an interesting race to watch uh, with Hollis joining that district this year, uh, and obviously a, a pretty formidable foe for those teams up in Northwest Oklahoma. Um, that's call, that's uh, the high school football. Any, anything else from around the state, or just what you saw within these districts that kind of caught your eye and, and made you kind of maybe rethink something?
2: Honestly, no. It all kind of happened like i said it all kind of shook out like i thought it would so honestly not not very shocked of the of the results but each week's different you never know never know what can change up i'm like this coming week you know we got teams that are going to be playing each other that are desperate uh weatherford woodward uh, that's going to be a desperate that yeah, those teams desperately loser need. that one is in bad shape They're in horrible to try to shape. Make, a, a, yeah. make a run to the playoffs so that that's gonna keep my attention outside of our game and uh, then, you know, that might be the key word is, you know, it's kind of like the NFL week two when you're coming in 0-1, they, you already feel that pressure. We got to get a win, got to get a win. I mean, not, it could be said about the second week of district play, because you start 0-2 in district play, it's a long road to hoe to try to get back into playoff contention. So, desperate might be the uh, theme of next week's or this Friday's, this, this week's games.
0: Yeah, and I, after those results, it's interesting the way the district schedule lays out for the Elks. Because it feels like it's completely front-loaded. But the good news is two of those three games are here. Uh, With Clinton coming here, Chickasha coming here, have to go on the road to cash. And then after that, at least so far, uh, the last three games are against uh, the teams that are a a little bit further down the the standings, at least right now. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've never – with those W teams, with Weatherford and Woodward and the rivalry that that is, those aren't ever just cakewalk-type games. No. It's going to, you're going to have to bring your best, but it it is interesting how this, how the schedule sets up question on the text line. Is this the toughest game for Elk city district? Absolutely. Because of who it is, Uh, not only the quality that Clinton is, but because it is Clinton and uh, just the lopsided nature of the rivalry. Elk city's won one game this millennium one. Yeah. And it seems like that's about how it goes. (laughs) About once every 25 years kind of sneak up and win a couple and then, it goes back the other way
2: there's no shame saying that because there's a lot of people in that same category with Clinton well sure having, having trouble beating them but yeah the toughest game sure I'm trying to think you know Chickasha might be formidable um I think that I still don't know anything about cash I still can't figure them out but that on the road could be tough but Clinton is Clinton it's this. gonna it's gonna be tough year in year out and this year's no different just fortunately it's right here at Big Oak Stadium
0: that's right it's gonna be fun <laughs> Yep, like I said, all week to talk about it, at least in the Oklahomans rankings that have come out already. It's number eight versus number
2: five.
0: We'll talk about that question right there as we move along throughout the week. Why is Clinton so good? A multitude of reasons. Taking a look at the Western Oklahoma Realty College Pickham Standings. And I think our man TJ is ahead by a single game. 26 and 14, that's that's still a really good percentage of, uh, of correct. I mean, I'm 60% right on the head, and I'm in second. I was watching the uh, second half of the OU game with Andy Peffer. He said that's the, this week was the first time in the, let's see, I don't, I don't remember how many weeks there were last year, no, but in the four weeks this year, this is the first time that he's ever had a week under 500. Oh wow. He went 3 and 7. I was right at 50%. Got lucky and won. That Washington State thing was so lucky. <laughs> Unlucky to throw the pick 6, lucky to to end up covering that one. And of course, every time you make a change, when you change something, you lose. I thought Kansas I had Kansas State from the word go, and then on Saturday all of a sudden the the cribs and cream boxer shorts showed through and i was like oh you know what we made the switch venables mm-hmm. there, you know switched it to ou and then boom loser yeah uh but uh those standings let's see who else uh coach christian 24 and 16 he wants a shout out to the fifth and sixth grade uh say youth league team they got wins again this week hottie toddy speaking of tyler harrison there he is at 8th 23 and 17. It's pretty good. It's pretty good guessing. Pretty good uh pretty good number. 23 and 17. You can probably still play. I mean, no better than everybody's doing. You're just 26 wins behind and you got about what 10 weeks left. Clear yeah, through clear of time. through uh, December the 4th. Plenty of time get hot and catch up. You never know. The Western Oklahoma really college pick up Tyler Harrison, Robbie Allen, and all the gang. People for Property is their motto. It's the group's message as well of the game we're playing. Uh, for all your real estate needs, give them a call All two seven one. All right, Jared. There is just something about the Purple Cats and their ability to not only beat Oklahoma, but e- but beat Oklahoma in Norman. They're now four and two over the last ten years, dating back to their win in two thousand and twelve when Colin Klein outdueled. Landry Jones uh, to start this run. So four and two over their last six in Norman. They're six and five over the last thirty years, which is the best of any opponent that's come into uh, Owen Field against the Sooners. The only one that's got a winning record as far as the conference mates. And it, it just the, these games feel like they follow such a similar script. Well, when Kansas yep. State is able to to knock off Oklahoma, and they did it again with uh, an offense that plays its best game of the year against a defense that just cannot figure out. And it's over multiple coaches too. It's not like it's just Clyman's got OU's number. It was back with Snyder. It just, it, It's amazing to sit there and watch because here's the common denominator in the losses that Oklahoma has suffered of those, of those six games in the four. OU's outgained Kansas State in every single one of them by at least 50 yards.
2: That I saw, and, yeah, and when I saw the total came, yards come up, and I'm like, that doesn't add up. That doesn't, doesn't add up. Why is OU losing when they can Saturday
0: them? Saturday night was the closest it's been. It's actually 41. I'm sorry, I said 50 by more than 40. So they OU outgained them 41 yards this year, 127 back in 2020, 148 back in 2020 uh, 2014, and 60 in 2012, and lost every one of those games on their home field.
2: It's crazy. And what's crazy is I can see Kansas State turning around and losing the Tech and Iowa State and TCU. It, I think that the, well, – how does Kansas State keep doing it? Well, you mentioned all that. all the That's so big in my mind where up in Manhattan when they're preparing for this game and they're going, look, guys, we have history on our side. We have success against these Sooners, and that's just that believe factor that's instilled in them. So there's no intimidation about it, whether it's played in Manhattan or Norman, Kansas State believes that they could beat OU because they have consistently either hung with OU or beat them. So I, I think that. So you mentioned across coaches like, yeah, look back then, ten years ago, up to now, we were having a lot of success against this team. So there's this believe factor about them, and I think that's a uh, big motivation for them.
0: Yeah, I think it's not making mistakes and playing disciplined. Oh, yeah. Because once again, uh, on on Saturday, Oklahoma commits eleven penalties. How many of them were at crucial times that stop drives, forces starts, punts, false yeah. starts? You know, fourth and one. You got to get, and and not only do you commit one penalty, you commit two. Uh, now Schmidt ended up knocking it through on the field goal, uh, but there, and then it's another chance to go for it on fourth and four uh, down there inside Kansas State's forty yard line, and you get a delay of game call. You can't get the ball snapped. It uh, just uh, the penalties. And, there's, and a, there's a toughness. Uh, you know, we wondered last week if that was just a byproduct of a Lincoln-Riley team versus a Brent Venables team. Guess what? Kansas State dominated the, especially their offensive line versus Oklahoma's defensive line. It, it didn't even seem like OU had guys out there a lot of the times. And, and so just playing discipline, playing clean, uh, you know, this, this year it was penalties. In 2020, Oklahoma committed four turnovers and got a punt blocked in a 38-35 loss. In 2014, uh, in a one-point loss, they committed two turnovers to none, missed two field goals and an extra point. And then in 2012, in a five-point loss, the turnover, the turnover battle was three to nothing in favor of Kansas State. So it's, it's forcing Oklahoma to make mistakes, Oklahoma making mistakes on their own at some, at some points in these games. But Kansas State, is just... I mean, when you look at the athletes out there, you would think there's no way in the world that one team can stick with the other. Mm -hmm. But they do. And Adrian Martinez was phenomenal the other night. Uh, He looked like Johnny Manziel out there, Mm -hmm. uh, making plays with his feet uh, when he had to with his arm. Uh, But that that was another byproduct of of Oklahoma not being able to get any pressure whatsoever on him throughout most of the game and and allowing him – To either pick him apart with his arm, maybe move just a little bit to make a throw, Uh, but it it was just kind of a stroll in the park for Martinez throughout the entire game. Ends up with five touchdowns uh, combined uh, through the air and and with his arm and or with his legs. It just it just follows that same script where Kansas State gets a good start, the belief starts flowing, and Oklahoma could not stem the tide. Even and then special teams, as mentioned on the uh, on the text line. It wasn't a total domination like it has been in the past, but the but the one special teams play that either team made that made a difference was as soon as Oklahoma ties it up at fourteen, instead of kicking it out of the back of the end zone, you try to get cute and and pin them back, and all of a sudden it's a return out across the fifty yard line. You know, just those little things. You know, you can sum it up in four or five plays that if they go the other way, Oklahoma probably wins. But guess what? They didn't. And against Kansas State. They don't. It just seems like the Wildcats are the ones that make the big crucial plays and don't make mistakes in these games that they're able to knock off the Sooners.
2: Yeah, it's it's just falls the script um, and almost expected anymore. You know what I mean? When they come to town, it's like this is going to be a tough game, and I had that in the back of my mind too. Even though I picked OU to win and cover, because um, I thought. Cause I was, you know, I was fifty fifty on what this OU team is after Nebraska. I was Like, well, is that a really horrible Nebraska team or is OU turning the corner, being tough, uh, better on defense, et cetera? But I kind of walked away from my first initial thoughts after Saturday night was it, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, if anyone thought, and I'm I'm guilty of this too, that the defense is going to be night and day difference better. Compared to last year, well, truth is, it's going to take time. It's going to take some time to build up what Venables has vision. He's getting those recruits. They're not on campus now, obviously, but he's he's out there hitting the recruiting trail hard, especially on defense, to get his defense out there that he wants. And that's just something I have to remind myself: was these, you know, are they the same starting lineup? No. I mean, there's of course the transfer portal has affected a lot of it, but it, it's it's still going to take time to get that defense where Venables wants. But he has guys that he's he's just working with what he got. If that makes any sense. So I wasn't so that's why I'm like 50-50 about you know the defense is great in the first uh first few games. They looked very mediocre at best on Saturday night. And that that's something that's kind of a kind of a welcome back to earth moment for OU and OU fans and and the players like, you know, you're not championship caliber yet. Will they be? I think so if Venables gets the right personnel there. But I don't think they have the right personnel right now.
0: Nah, I, and, you know, it shows you how bad Nebraska is. Oh, yeah. That's right. On, TJ's on the text line. That's exactly right. It shows you how bad Nebraska is. And, and it shows you how much – how, how the hype train gets off the tracks. Right. You start believing something that, listen, nobody had, what well, you did. I take that back. You had OU in the playoff, but I think that was more of a byproduct of couldn't really find a fourth team versus, hey, I think this team is really that good.
2: Right. That and, and coupled with their schedule. You know, yeah. I mean, this game was in Norman. Yeah. You know, uh, Baylor comes to Norman, OSU comes to Norman. So I was kind of looking like that, thinking, you know, their, their toughest road game could be next week. Uh, Outside of going to Dallas neutral site, but you know, so that's really
0: what I leaned. Yeah, thank God they don't have to go to Kansas this year. (laughs) Anyhow, does it matter? I mean, (laughs) but the the truth of it is, most people had two losses, but it's just, and and it shouldn't. Why is it still a surprise that Oklahoma loses Kansas State? Why is everybody up in arms, shocked? This happens a bunch. Yeah, it really does way more than people want to admit, and I think a big part of it is. The, the athletic ability perceived discrepancy between the two teams is a big part of, oh, my gosh, how are we losing to those guys? But the truth of it is Oklahoma doesn't play teams that are as tough as Kansas State very often because of this league, because of the offensive nature of what this league has been. Now, I do think that's turning just a little bit, at least on the defensive side. You're seeing uh, some teams playing a way better defense You know, you can argue why. Is it because the quarterbacks aren't as good as they were? Sure. But I also think there's been a, you know, a renewed sense of of care about defensive football over the last couple of years in this league. Mm -hmm. And and so – but I I just – it doesn't make any sense for anybody to be shocked anymore that that OU loses Kansas State because they've done it just as many times as they haven't.
2: Final thought about why people are shocked, I think – some people are shocked because, wait a minute, new coach, the tide should change. You know, we're losing to Kansas State because of the the soft Lincoln Riley era as perceived. You know, I think that was some of the shock that came after this one on Saturday night. It was like, yeah, wait, we're supposed to be tougher than this. We're supposed to be pushing them off the line, not us getting pushed, et cetera, et cetera, because of the new coaching staff. I think that's why some of the shock comes in. But and you're right. I mean, that, but th- that goes back to my. Who cares what the coaching staff is? Kleiman wasn't there when they started this this uh, success over OU, and I think it's a it's like okay they they believe because they're seeing what was done before these guys, the Kansas State players.
0: Yeah, it goes all the way back to 2003. Well, it goes further than that, but the the greatest team ever talk was well in full uh, in full force with OU before that Big 12 title game, and Kansas State beat them 35 to seven and just whipped them. Mm-hmm. It's, it shouldn't be a surprise anymore that Kansas State beats Oklahoma. It just shouldn't. No. They averaged 28 a game in Norman over those 10. And you don't even think it's Kansas State being this offensive juggernaut because they haven't been. Right. OSU has been. They've averaged 28 a game in the same span in Norman. Baylor has been. They've only averaged 26. Kansas State has the right formula to beat Oklahoma. Please to be joined now. By the voice you'll hear right here on these airwaves at two o'clock, it is the ultimate, Mister Jim Traber. Jim, how are you this morning?
1: I'm good, fellas. How's everything out there in Elk City?
0: Oh, it's doing good. It was a beautiful weekend. At least Saturday, got some golf in uh, before the the college football really got kicked off, and, and then got to enjoy uh, some good games, some close games, and and then uh, the disappointment for Sooner fans in Norman on Saturday night. Yeah, I
1: uh, I was up late, man. Some of your psycho brethren—they were crazy out there, both before and after the
0: game. Um,
1: but uh, yeah, there's uh, good thing we got. We don't have anything
0: to talk about today. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to get into. Uh, yeah, I thought you made a a really good point last week, uh, after the Nebraska win on the post game, uh, when you asked, when you told Al, you know what? This show isn't as much fun when Oklahoma just blows somebody out. There's nothing to gripe about. I'm sure that wasn't the case. Uh, Saturday night after Oklahoma loses again on their home field to Kansas State. Uh, just give us your thoughts on the overall game and what happened uh, to uh, to allow the Wildcats to beat the Sooners.
1: Well, um, you know, e- even though, I mean, everybody always wants to beat up the quarterback, and uh, there is no doubt that um, Dylan Gabriel misses some throws. You know, the one that to stoops was, I mean, it's just unacceptable. I mean, you got to make that throw at this level. But even though, if you look at his late his numbers and, and they scored 34 points, it wasn't it wasn't the offense that lost that game. It was the defense, and the defense just got lit. Um, I just could. I mean, everybody knows that Deuce Vaughn is really hard to uh, tackle, but uh, nobody knew that Adrian Martinez was that hard to tackle. I, I thought that uh, I thought that OU's defense didn't show up, and um, I didn't hear Grimes' name one time. Did he play? I don't even know if he played or not. And then I purposely went and looked at the stats for the game. He wasn't on the stat sheet, guys. He didn't make one tackle, nothing. And this is a dude that we're talking about over the first three games as a superstar, maybe. So it was just a horrible performance, an embarrassing loss. There's no other way you can put it. And I started off the post-game show by saying that uh, two years from now, if they're still in the Big 12 and I'm still alive and I'm still doing radio, I'm picking Kansas State to beat them. I mean, why would anybody not pick? I don't care what happened the week before. I don't care what happened three weeks ago. I don't care what we think is going to happen later. Kansas State comes in here and they beat OU. I can't explain it, but they do. And it doesn't matter who the coach is. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They just do it. So I don't know, man. It was a uh, embarrassing, embarrassing loss. Now we're going to see if they do what they normally do when they lose a first game that they shouldn't lose. If they're going to come back strong and and uh, win a bunch of games. Because we were talking a lot on the pregame yesterday. It it is this league is good. Every team. It's, there's not going to be a team that you go okay. Let's go ahead and just go out there and and just put our helmets on the on the on the field. So they better be ready. I mean, TCU. Now I will. I can talk a little bit about this later, but I do think that they'll play well this coming weekend. But um, everybody, everybody, got to be ready for Texas Tech, West Virginia, Kansas, everybody. So that was just a uh, a horrific performance, lost to a team that I still don't think is real good. I think they're decent, and um, now you got to try to pick up the pieces and put it together. And like I said, we've seen this. Many, many, many different years. And I thought that with the new toughness and the way they acted and everything that maybe they wouldn't do this, but obviously they still did. So I don't know if they're ever going to figure it out at Oklahoma, how you lose to people you're not supposed to lose to. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I I would point to mistakes. Uh, Kansas State 4-2 in their last uh, six trips into Norman. Uh, The games at Oklahoma – and Oklahoma's outgained them every single time. Uh, 41 the other night was the closest in yardage it's been. Uh, heck, they lost in 2020, outgaining Kansas State by 127 yards. In 2014, they outgained him 150 and still lost. But mistakes. Penalties the other night to kill drives. It's been turnovers and special teams in the past. It, just, it feels like the same script is written every one of these games where Kansas State comes out, has a little offensive success. I don't know if Oklahoma tries to press it too much to, to score 14 in one play or whatever, but then mistakes start piling up. Kansas State clean, plays clean and disciplined and tough, and I think that's the thing the other night. The offensive line for K State just dominated OU's defensive line. As you mentioned, Grimes—you never heard his name. Didn't hear much of Downs. You didn't hear much of any of those guys up front, and that made the linebackers look silly because they were completely out of out of place.
1: Yeah, the penalties were just terrible. I mean, just the the offensive line. I thought the you talked about the defensive line. I thought the offensive line wasn't any good either. And again, they scored a bunch of points and they they had a bunch of yards. You know, this yardage thing is really funny because. Did you guys see what happened with Miami and Buffalo yesterday? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo had over two hundred more yards. They ran fifty one more plays, and the time of possession was forty one to nineteen and they lost. So I really kinda of get a little bit tired of talking about yards. Yards don't mean a daggone thing. You gotta make plays, you gotta not do stupid things. And um, OU on on Saturday night they did stupid things. Those penalties were just crushing. And at the wrong time too, you know, when they're lining up to go for it on fourth and short, they get a penalty, and now it goes back and it's fourth and six. So, I mean, just stuff like that is just terrible. Um, and uh, they got they got they got work to do. They got work to do. They better be ready because every team in this league, like I said, you better be ready to play.
2: Forty-one minutes in, Aaron. We haven't talked that. Talked about Texas losing,
0: <laughs>
2: and that I guess that's what an OU loss does. What about other scores uh, throughout the the day on Saturday, Jim? That one right there, Texas losing, was it a shock or or uh, kind of a, a thing that was coming because of the quarterback situation at Texas?
1: I mean, I don't know if it's a shock. It's a bad loss. There are a bunch. Of, I mean, that's a bad loss. I don't care who your quarterback is. Um, but. I don't know. It's a it's a good question. It's a bad it's a bad loss, and uh, now this OU Texas game certainly doesn't seem like it's going to be that exciting of a situation. As far as I mean, it's always a close game, but is it going to mean much? I don't know. Yeah, hello, Hopefully, eleven uh, a.m.
2: kickoff. Is, did they already? Did they yeah, already I'm say just it? I'm just guessing because they both lost, and it the the shine yeah. is off the game, so I, I can see. that. I think
0: that makes it more likely to be two thirty than really yeah, really for me it does okay.
1: Well, I hope it's two thirty. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, you know Texas losing. Uh, there were some great games, both college and pro. But Texas, you got to figure out a way to win. OU, you got to figure out a way to win. You know, great great teams win when they don't play well. And unfortunately, for a lot of people yesterday or on Saturday, uh, we found out that OU's not a great team. They got a lot of work to do. That's, you know, that's the truth. They got a lot of work to do. So. Uh, We'll see if they can um, if they can get, get it going. We don't know because it's a new staff, you know. These other staffs did it. We'll see if they
0: can do it. Down in Waco on Saturday, coming up this week, uh, Baylor got a big win at Iowa State, one that I wasn't sure that they could go up and get after the BYU game. Uh, but Oklahoma State, their first real test on the road in the conference against the defending champion Baylor Bears. What, uh, outside of Sanders just not throwing the game away, uh, what are you expecting, and how does Oklahoma State go down and beat Baylor this week?
1: Um, I think that they're going to have to try to run the ball some, um, and I think with Sanders, you know, if I go into this game, I'm I'm trying to run Sanders about 15 times because it's pretty obvious that this front for Baylor is really good, mm-hmm. and it's going to be really hard to run on them. But the quarterback can always run on a team, and if they even if they are good, so. I think that uh, I think that's one of the biggest keys for the game. I think you got to run Sanders, and then obviously not turn the ball over. This will be a great test. This is a big time game, his biggest game so far in the Big 12. The winner of this game's got uh, their uh, you know they're they're on their way. They're they're looking at the possibility of being in the Big 12 tournament game, uh, a championship game. The loser, the loser is uh, not out, but in trouble. So uh, this is a big game, boy. Big game for OSU. You'd think that they'd have little. Depends on their mind after totally blowing the game in uh, Arlington uh, last year, but I think this uh, chance to be a great game. I really do. I think that uh, I think both defenses are good, and I think that uh, I think. Oh, you know, here's the deal. Washington's got the advantage at quarterback. They do. So you got if you have an advantage at quarterback, then your quarterback needs to dominate. So. This whole game, in my opinion, is on Spencer Sanders. Is he going to play the way he can? If he does, they can win. If he doesn't, if he throws four interceptions like he did last year against them, they're going to lose. So, Spencer Sanders, this is what you play quarterback for: all the pressure on uh, you.
0: Let's look at what happened yesterday uh, in the NFL. You, you already mentioned that, that Dolphins and Bills game. Uh, just an incredible thing. Uh, the Tua stuff. I hope. I mean, I don't know where that's going to lead uh, with with him coming back in the game and 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 what those protocols were or weren't. Uh, but I do know this: that was two big time football teams out there battling it out, and it's amazing that Miami's defense still had enough there at the end to keep Josh Allen out of the end zone. Uh, the missed field goal was huge, obviously, but I give all kinds of credit to Miami's defense being out there for that long against that guy and that offense, and still keeping them under twenty and allowing their team to win.
1: Yeah, it's a really good win for Miami. I I didn't think they were that good. I will say that I still think Buffalo's better than them. Um, I just think Buffalo's got to figure out when you have 400-something yards and all that stuff, you've got to score more than 19 points They kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. But that's credit to Miami. I will say this, though. I don't want to hear all this crap about how they care so much about their players. A billion percent, okay, Tua had a concussion. A billion percent. You don't want – they're trying to say it's his back. I'm going to tell you this, fellas. I'm sitting on this couch right now in pain every day with my back. If his back hurts so bad that he could, couldn't could walk, then he needed to go have surgery today. All right? That was – he hit his head on the ground. There's no doubt that he had a concussion. I don't know what they did in that concussion protocol, but basically they showed – that they don't care about these dudes like they try to act like. They want to win the game. They knew that they needed Tua to win the game. And I know, oh, the doctor is somebody other than the team. Stop it. If you think that the doctors that go into these blue tents and go into the rooms and look at people, if you think that they don't have any concern for the team, you're crazy. Did they get a doctor from Buffalo? Is that where the doctor came from? No, he's from Miami. So I just... That was the biggest bunch of junk I've ever seen. The dude almost passed out, all right? That's what happened. And he comes running back in the game, stop it. He had a concussion, and they didn't care. Just tell us the truth. They didn't care. Either one of you disagreed?
0: Heck no. Oh, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. As soon as it happened, it was like, uh uh-oh. I was just trying to think, who is the Dolphins? back oh yeah teddy bridgewater <laughs> that's that's who's down there uh well teddy's gonna have to try to figure out a way to win this game and and then here comes to again just i mean i know we're all different i know everybody's health is you know all that but for them to act for concussions to be such a a thing to where you know how many times do you see somebody that that doesn't even do what he did get taken into that tent and then is ruled out of the game this one when you, it's like the exact opposite. You knew for sure. I knew for sure in my mind. Like, okay, he's done. That's clearly a concussion. No more to it. Yep. And then he comes back in. And then other times, it's it's the other way around. So I, I don't get it. I, I wonder what a penalty could be for the Dolphins in this situation, uh, because it's obvious that the the NFL thought it was. They're already reviewing what happened. What kind of penalty could 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 result in this? Uh, for well, the they're Dolphins. only
1: reviewing it they're only reviewing it skinny because the players association wants it reviewed right okay and my guess is is that they're going to figure out a way around it i mean i mean i don't i mean look they they act like they care so much that's all they talk about and then they do something like that i mean i'm sorry i mean that that was ridiculous there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he had a concussion and i guarantee he's got a headache today and i'll bet you his back doesn't hurt at all that's my guess um it was ridiculous i could not believe that they uh, uh that they did it that way i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe you i'm just like you i said well he's out of the game nope he almost fell over fellas mm-hmm. that lineman didn't catch him he'd gone down it's crazy
2: <laughs> you mentioned the doctor you ever see any given sunday oh yeah where james woods the doctor is just a sleazeball <laughs> is that yep. what the kind of doctor that miami has um, I don't know. Their <laughs> whole
1: organization is sleazeball, so maybe maybe their doctors are like that too. Yeah. Uh,
2: who else impressed you yesterday? For me, it was Indy uh, beating the Chiefs. Obviously, the Dolphins. My so. lock of a
1: week, big boy.
2: Oh, for real! Wow. Yep.
1: The Colts. Yep. Um, yeah, that was a good win for them. They needed it, man. They could if they go o two and one, they're in trouble, especially with Week like Jackson playing. Wow, huh? That's what's impressive. They go on the road and beat the the Chargers, who I think to win the Super Bowl. Really, really impressive for Jacksonville. Great win for the Colts. By the way, if all y'all are all fired up about your boy Baker Mayfield, I hope y'all really looked at the game. Uh, he uh, he threw a 67-yard touchdown pass, and he threw the ball three yards. And uh, just guess what? He Other than that, he threw for like 105 yards. He literally, he. I think he might, you no, know, he's better than Fields in Chicago. He's not, he's, I don't think he's much better than uh, Trubisky is. He's literally, like, one of the worst quarterbacks in the entire league. So I just want to, you know, no one's going to talk about him. or If they do, they're going to say, oh, look, you have a win. He's horrible, guys. I mean terrible. He, he can't move at all. He gets sacked like, he, like he's a rock back there. And um, he's just, uh, he's what I, I, he's actually not as good as I thought he would be. So there you go. I just had to throw that out there because I know it's going to be He He won his first football game, yeah, because of the defense. And because uh, the other team's defense was horrible on one play, 67-yard touchdown. I had to throw that in there for you, Skinny. You
0: mean you mean 11.3 QBR isn't good? Cause that's oh, what is his, that what it ended up being?
1: 11.3. Dude, he is, I mean, he is really struggling. But they won the game, so somehow they figured out a way to win.
0: What about Philly? This, a, a good They're quarterback good. from OU. Man, I, I watched a bunch of that game when we were having lunch after church. That, that, especially in the first half, I think they've been ahead 17 points at least at halftime of all their games, um, and really haven't done much in the second half, and their numbers are still that prolific on offense. Uh, Jalen Hurts, those weapons, man, Philly looks, if not the best team in the NFC, they've, they've been as impressive as anybody else so far through the first three weeks.
1: I mean, there's no doubt, man. Their defense is really good. Um, Hurts is playing great. Like you said, they got weapons. They even ran the ball a little bit, so... There, I will say this: the commanders are just horrible. I mean, they just—they're terrible. But having said that, you got to go out and play who you can play. And they are three and zero. They got some games coming up that'll be much tougher. But they're doing what they have to do. And Jalen Hurts is proving me wrong every single week. So I bow down to the kid, man. He's a good kid. I'm happy for him.
0: Yeah, who would have ever thought next week's marquee game in Week Four would be Eagles Jaguars? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy.
1: Hey, uh, what I try to tell everybody, man, Trevor Lawrence, man, he's a star, guys. He's a star, and he is tearing it up right now. He is playing great, and uh, all they had to do was get rid of that pathetic coach, and uh, they got a really, really good coach now. So that's a good win, man. Real, and not only a win, a dominating win. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, we we talk about Baker, and we talk about some of these other quarterbacks. Darnold comes to mind here recently. Uh, Josh Rosen, maybe even out in Arizona. Uh, guys that, that that didn't really get as much of a chance, does that make sense? And and Lawrence was that way last year. I mean, Trevor Lawrence we all knew was talented, but he had zero chance uh, being coached by maybe the worst hire in the history of the NFL. And now you give him a Super Bowl winning coach, a guy that played quarterback in the league. Uh, no one should be surprised uh, that Trevor Lawrence is, is playing the way he is because he's talented, and he's finally got somebody that knows – what to do as an NFL coach?
1: Yep, and their defense is playing good too. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to say that they could win that division. I uh, I picked the Colts to win that division. At least they got a win Tennessee. I, I mean, I don't know who's. I mean, I don't know if anybody's good in that division really. But Jacksonville, they're two and one. And uh, I'll tell you, they got one. That's one of the best wins this, so far this year, guys. You win at the Chargers. That's a tremendous win. Go all the way across the country. Now, don't, do they go to? Uh, do they go to? Is that game in? No, the Vikings are in London. That's right. Um, Jacksonville and Philly. Is that in Philly or in Jacksonville?
0: It uh, looks like it's in Philly.
1: Well, Philly should win the game, but you never know. Jacksonville really is playing well. They're doing that's pretty impressive out there. You're right. Get a good coach and let the kid play, and then uh, then then uh, y- you see how good he is.
2: Uh, I want to go back to Jalen Hurts. We're three three games in. Is he a legitimate candidate to be for the MVP?
1: I mean, he'll have to do more, but, I mean, he's got to be up there. I mean, Lamar Jackson's off to an unbelievable start. But I don't really like to, after three games, you know, say, well, I mean, this guy should win the MVP. I mean, there's so much left. He could get hurt and be done for the rest of the year. But, listen, so far he's up there. I mean, he's one of the top five candidates for it. Really impressive what he's doing, man. Running and throwing. Very impressive.
0: What about Albert Pujols? Uh, he was able to, to hit his 700th home run, only the fourth guy ever, uh, to do that out in Dodger Stadium on Friday night. Just it's, His career has been awesome, uh, but for me personally, I'm so glad he was able to get to that number. Uh, to avoid, I don't think he was going to come back. He, he was pretty well saying he wasn't, but at least to avoid that show, I, I think it's just awesome that he was able to get to that number uh, this year. Yeah, uh, and, it's and, an unbelievable
1: story. Oh, man. Uh-oh, my grandbaby's coming in here yelling.
0: Okay.
1: What's <laughs> the matter, boy? He's outside playing. He must have fallen or something. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I think it's great for him. You're right. Then he doesn't have to come back next year. He can just retire. And um, it's cool that he gets to come back and, and be with the Cardinals. It's actually amazing that the dude can still hit. Because I, I thought he was done two years ago. But he's figuring out ways. So very, very happy with for him. And I'm really ready for Judge to get this thing over with. I'm sick and tired of having to watch every single day whether he's going to hit a home run that's the pressure there fellas you go to the plate it's hard enough but then you got to worry about the entire world watching you that's crazy
0: i am i am glad that they've started at least showing us all the at bats uh we had wondered last week right before he got to 60 if that was going to happen if anybody cared enough to do that and uh, so i think it's awesome that at least uh, we're being able to get to see his at bats in his chase for, for that for that milestone
1: no i agree but I'm ready for it to get over with because I'm tired of watching this at-bat. Just hit the home run. <laughs> um, and then, you know what, they'll, they'll, they'll watch number 62. just like, you got to. Then he becomes the uh, lone uh, leader, which I've always thought is more important than tying. I don't know why everybody gets all excited about tying. I, I want it by myself. I mean, you give him credit, obviously, but the more important thing is to be the number one guy, not tying some guy. That's just me. But uh, I am, uh, I'm ready for it to be over with. And, uh, you know, the Yankees just keep on winning under the pressure of, of everybody watching them, too. So that's a pretty good sign for them.
2: Yeah, I bet Aaron Judge is ready for him to – because I kind of got a theory that now that everybody's watching, he knows everybody stops when he's at bat, and I'm talking everybody across the league. I think that's adding a lot of pressure on him. Because nobody was talking oh about gosh. this building up to it. Nobody was talking about it. Then, boom, 61. It, and, yeah, now everyone's stopping and looking and watching. And I think there's pressure on them. Oh, it's
1: huge, huge amount of pressure. Absolutely. Huge amount. And one of the worst things you can do is try to go to the plate and try to hit home run. It's not, you can't. If you go to the plate and you try to go deep, 99% chance you're not going to go deep. Um, so, yeah, the pressure's on. And I'm sure he comes to the ballpark every day and says, okay, let me just go ahead and relax and go the plate." But then he gets up there and they're cheering and screaming and yelling and everybody's anticipating and they're selling uh, tickets in the outfield for twice as much as they should be and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, yeah, that's a – and those Yankee fans, you know, they'll get mad if they don't see the home run. You know, that's the way they are. So, yeah, he's got a lot of pressure on him right now, a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, I actually think it's a good thing for him not to be there, uh, to, to go away from Yankee Stadium uh, for a couple of games, just to kind uh, of to, to get away from, from that, the zoo that that has been, uh, especially with the Red Sox in town and the way that rivalry is. I mean, that's, there's a lot on there. I mean, they, they actually were talking about it last night, in one of the at-bats as he was getting ready uh, about Roger Maris and how he, his hair started falling out and all that kind of stuff yep. uh, with, because of uh, the weight of the world being on his shoulders.
1: No doubt, and he was breaking Babe Ruth's right. record. I mean that. I mean that's much bigger than. Sorry, with all due respect to Roger Maris, but when you break a uh, Babe Ruth record, I remember I can't stand Barry Bonds. I think he's the biggest cheater. I think he's a punk. But I remember when he broke Barry. He broke uh, Babe Ruth's walks record. I came on the air and said, "Now that, whenever you break a record that is owned by Babe Ruth, you have done something really impressive." So, yeah, so Maris was even, I mean, and, and a lot of people didn't want him to break it. Nowadays, they all want Judge to break it. A lot of people did not want Maris to break it. They didn't want him to be the guy. So, yeah, that's uh, it's a tough deal, but I'm ready for it to be over with. I'm ready.
0: All right, man. Nate, thank you so much for joining us here on a Monday. i uh, looking forward to to what you have coming up on your show here this afternoon.
1: All right. By the way, the podcast today is the second part of the podcast. Should be really, really good. Uh uh, I think people will like it. Julian Jim Traver podcast. It continues to talk about marriage and some things that you need in your marriage that'll be successful. It's good stuff.
0: All right, man. Great. Hey, uh, enjoy. Right, it. Thanks hey, so much. Man. See you.
2: See you, man. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. That's the ultimate Jim Traver joining us on a Monday. What else you got?
2: Ready to get the week going? It's game week. I was a little lost Friday night. i tell you, I was, uh, what do I do? What do I do?
0: Uh, so i've been I, I've, I've watched like three well all three of clinton's games so far yeah and it feels like there's a different starting lineup in every one of them so the two deep i, <laughs> I don't know how correct it's going to end up being because so i flipped on the john marshall game uh, before we got on the air once i laid everything out and i thought oh, there they are again different starting lineup on the offensive line
2: well, I think they're probably taking this
0: opportunity 100% to
2: try to figure out who's best where, and they're you
0: know 100%
2: only returning four on both sides of the ball, and they're and when they figure that out, that could be scary. Working guys
0: in, working guys yeah. out, yeah, no yeah. doubt about it, and see where in. they fit the best. Right, yeah. I That's, know this. Yeah. You better know where 21 is. Would that be Barker, Jeremiah Barker? Yeah, yes. That
2: guy is lightning fast.
0: You better know where he's at.
2: He is. Very fast, he gets on the edge. Oh boy, and they move him around too. So, yeah, but any shocker that they got a fast kid <laughs> every Bef- year. There's a they find one. <laughs> better know where he's at. I'm telling you right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, that's uh, he's a he's one of those guys that you kind of hold your breath, guy, when he gets the ball in his hands because he can score from absolutely anywhere on the field. Yeah, uh, and he lit the elks up in the first game last year over there at Clinton.
2: He, I don't know where he's how tall. He's not a tall kid. But he finds a way to high point balls it's thrown mm-hmm. to him, um,
0: you know. He's hard to tackle. He's built pretty low to the ground. But he's right. strong. He's like a little bowling ball. There's not a lot there to hit.
2: Right. Yeah. So that that's uh, that's the going to be a key player to key on, to focus in on. But I'm encouraged by the Elk City defense, especially the run defense. I'm going to throw out the Carl Albert game. I mean, Carl Albert's good, real good. Probably a little underrated uh, based on their ranking in five A. But um, other than that, I mean the rush the rush defense for Oak City has been really solid. So I, I'm anxious to see that how that rush defense goes up against that Clinton offense, rushing offense, forcing the new quarterback to throw it more. We'll see what happens.
0: Oh yeah, I mean I I think if you're you're on the brown and white side and you you can stop that to whatever extent you can stop it and and you put the ball in the hands of Cooper Sully to beat you. If he beat you, tip your cap and say way to go, young man. I you know it's, yep. it's better than just you know letting getting beat by the fastball at least make them make them try to hit a yeah. ball, you know what I'm saying, um for sure, and that's something mm-hmm. that, you know the Elks did a pretty good job of last, especially in that semifinal game a year ago, uh, against the the backs. Mm-hmm. Now everybody had trouble tackling Powell, and the Elks did, but you know if you look back at that game, uh, Elk City had the advantage once again. Here we go talking about yards. And talking about, talk about not scoring when you had the chance. Right. And, and that was a huge part of that game. Not scoring when you had the chance and then uh, a mistake or two in the kicking game. And yep. there you go. Yep. You know, one play that I can remember that's really not talked about much was there at the third, I think it was the beginning of the third quarter. Elk City comes out, gets a stop. Clinton has to punt from way inside their own territory. And the ball gets away from the returner and it ends up being like a 75-yard punt. Remember that one? It, rolled, it was going south to north. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the Elks are going to get the ball around midfield-ish. and they're back inside their own ten. Yeah. Anyhow, it's going to be fun. Lots to talk about. Yeah. Got to try to get Dennis on. Uh, shoot,
2: yeah. Got to shoot it. him a text. He's always good to us. Yeah. Friday it. may be harder. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. We'll, we'll see. Shoot him a text. See what we'll we get. To
0: Yeah, have to kick Scott out of here earlier. Hopefully, Coach on Wednesday. Yeah, Coach Maynard.
2: Yeah,
0: everybody have a great day. We will be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.
1: That ball is blistered.